0: KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria.
1: And thank you once again for joining us today. It is so good to be here with you at uh, the studios at AM630 KSLR. We are, in fact, featuring a church today uh, by the name of Empowering Grace Christian Center here on the Church of the Week that is uh, led by Pastor Milton Smith. Uh, He is here in the studio. Pastor, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, Pastor. Good to be here. Uh, We want to use this time, Pastor, just so that uh, people get to know who it is you are, your church, what you're about, where you're located, that kind of thing. So you and I are just going to have a conversation uh, just so that uh, I can find out, and people can find out more and more about you. There, you know, we're in the time right now in September, where uh, a lot of people are moving into town. Definitely, kids are back in school. Everyone's kind of getting back into the routine. People are starting to go back to church again, right after their vacationing and all that kind of thing. So, we want to make sure that we are uh, letting people know about the wonderful churches across the city of San Antonio. And Amen. Of course, Empowering Grace is one of them. So, first of all, before we get into the church and things that are going on there. Tell us about yourself personally. Oh, okay. Well,
2: of course, um, Milton Smith. I'm originally from Petersburg, Virginia. Um, moved here in 1994, in the military, of course, army. And um, once I finished my obligation, decided to stay. I've served at Redeeming Grace Christian Church now for about 10 years, the minister of music and singles pastor. Mm. Uh, and shortly after that, around 2009, our bishop, Bishop Brandon Bryant, released us to start a ministry here in the city.
1: Excellent. And is there any type of focus that uh, that you tend to lean towards in ministry?
2: Yes, definitely. We, um, our, I guess we say our tagline is empowering purpose in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I desire is, is to feed people, sow into people the Word of God so that they then can learn their purpose in God and then move in that purpose and grow in that to become, as I call, marketplace apostles, whereas they become an impact not just in church
1: but in the marketplace where they are uh, set by God. I'm a true believer that... Every single person absolutely has a purpose in life, and I think there are so many uh, Christians uh, going about their lives serving God, as best they know how, but they really never even tapped into their own purpose. Right. Why is it that God has specifically placed them here for this time, in this city, uh, in their particular location, Uh, and so... uh, that seems to be something that's really important to you. So talk to us a little bit more about the purpose uh, the purpose that we find in Christ.
2: Well, I think, first of all, um, it goes back to Jeremiah 2911. It says that God knows the thoughts that he has for us. Um, our goal then, in, in my opinion, <laughs> is mm-hmm. that we need to find out what are God's thoughts, what are God's plans toward us, what did God put us here at this particular time in, in, in space, I would say, to solve, to accomplish and that only comes through reading God's word. He mm. says, in all thy ways acknowledge me, and I will direct that path. You know, um, what path do you want me on? What path should I be following? Um, what is, quote, unquote, our purpose? And we hear that word so much in church, definitely finding your purpose, but we never have a strategy for that purpose. Mm. Um, what, what we endeavor to do is, first of all, teach you the word of God get you to a point where you have a personal relationship with God outside of Sundays everyone as I say everyone has a relationship on Sunday (laughs) you know between 11 and 2 or whatever the case may be, we all have a great relationship but what about Monday through Saturday what about that personal time that you spend in prayer and meditation reading God's word that's when I believe he speaks to you about the things he has for you the thoughts he has for you why you didn't show up in 1920 versus 2016 Hmm. Uh, why you showed up for me in 1970 March 1st what was your thought about that? Um, right. Once we get in tune and aligned align with what God has for us, then I believe of the path, our steps become ordered, how they ordered. Well, he's already ordered them. Uh, we just have to find what that order is, and that's only through his word and finding that. And then we find that proverbial purpose that we all like to say. We find purpose. We find destiny. Um, it's not just like a uh, bullseye that we throw a dart on the wall. It's, oh, there's destiny. There's purpose. No. It's really in God, and once we get back to Him, um, I believe He reveals that to us. Or well, yeah. not even believe, I know He reveals that to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, I heard someone once say that if we were to help people find their purpose, that that purpose would become greater than their problem, mm-hmm. then that person would be happier. Yes. I think there are so many people that, um, that go about life, and they're in church. They might be even at church faithfully. Mm-hmm. But because they haven't found their individual purpose, their individual ministry, they're unfulfilled, right? in a sense. And so uh, even, I mean, there's, there's there's ministry, obviously, as you're talking about. We've got to be marketplace ministers. But a lot of people might say, well, I'm not a minister. I didn't go to theolo- the- theological school, seminary. I don't know how to be a pastor. I don't pray like you. Uh, and they automatically discount themselves, and they say, well, I'm not a minister, but in fact. As you very well know, Scripture says that we have been appointed to uh, equip the saints so right. that they can do the work of the ministry. Right. So, in fact, you don't need a title. Right. You don't need right. to wear a white collar. <laughs> you don't need to, you know, it, you just, we're all ministers. If, we're, right. if we are Christ's followers, we're ministers. Right? right. They're reaching to people around us. What about, I'm thinking about also, uh, purpose within the church itself. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus came to be a servant. You know, mm-hmm. he was, he's a servant leader. Um, we see him, you know, getting down his knees and washing the feet of the apostles and serving them. Uh, and uh, as people are headed to church now, whether it's your church or any other wonderful church that we have around here in San Antonio, um, what about the purpose within ministry? I know we've got so many different departments, we've got mm-hmm. so many different needs within the church. How, do you, how would you um, talk to somebody that might be listening today that maybe is new at a church, and they're trying to fit, find themselves in, 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 I guess, to fit in in a certain way in a certain department, how, how should they approach that to say, you know what, let me help here or let me do this other? I believe, first of all, you know, it can range from church to church. I know a lot of churches use a tool as
2: far as a spiritual gift assessment, awesome. uh, and they use that to see where you would properly fit. But even in addition to that, I would say that you have to first, once again, go back, seek God. What is my purpose for being here? Um, a lot of times what we like to do, Is not what God wants us to do. Mm. Um, I always have this kind of humorous thing. We found a lot of choir members that are misplaced ushers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, but serving, uh, if you think about ministry, the root of ministry is serving. Um, We're at the church to serve in whatever capacity that God wants us to serve at, not so much what we want to serve at. Um, I believe that God will oftentimes have us do something uncomfortable Absolutely. before he allows us to do something comfortable. So the, the real crux of it all is when, when you show up at a ministry, um, first you develop that relationship with God and say, hey, where do you want me at? In addition to whatever other tools that church may use, I believe if, if, if God be true, your assessment spiritually and what he's putting in your heart, uh, that's a scripture that, that rings in my mind that he will give you the desires of your heart. Yes. Um, and I've heard a lot of different takes on that. I've always, or my revelation of that was this, is that God puts in you what you should desire. Uh, not so much what you ask him for, but he gives you what you should desire. And when you follow what he's giving you, doors just seem to open mm-hmm. and you just seem to excel at it. Whether it's being an usher, the church basket weaver, whatever it is, the church janitor, because that's the desire he puts in your heart. So many times I think we become frustrated because we have a desire and God has a desire, and then our wills begin to compete. Um, We start off on God's desire, but because it's not really ours, we Mm. lose uh, interest in it (laughs) Yeah, Uh, because it's not our desire. Um, And it probably isn't, but it's God's desire. (laughs) (laughs) So I I believe that you you get into that ministry, get involved in that ministry, become a part of that ministry first of all, and understand what that ministry's purpose, what their mission is. And then if that's the place for you, God is going to open you up. He's going to reveal to you where you are to serve in that ministry. It may not be where you served at in the last ministry uh, Mm -hmm. that you were in. It may be that God is moving you. To a higher place yeah. uh, The interesting thing about God I guess is a paradox Is that higher for God Is usually going lower <laughs> Yeah right, right. Uh, So I, I've often said That the higher you go up You know uh, The lower you become <laughs> <That's> <laughs> So good. you know If you know For those of us who, who believe in the Five-fold ministry You know I always say That an apostle Is, is, is a glorified servant mm-hmm. um, The higher you go you just, you just lower on the pole That means I have to serve Even more people Absolutely um, So when, you, when it seems like You almost become a doormat Mm-hmm. um in the kingdom um yeah. but that service and that servitude um washing feet whatever the case may be uh washing toilets
1: whatever the case right. may be is really a high degree of servitude so and the is Serving is really just a form of worship. Yes, you know we give worship to God as as we enter the worship service and sing songs and raise our hands and lift our voice and our hearts into the Lord. But serving one another right. is also part of that that great commandment right. to love one another. Right, And right. If you Love your neighbor as you love God. Then we're going to serve. We're going to serve right. each other,
2: even when uh, <laughs> even when we don't want to. <laughs> right,
1: right. And and I want to talk. I'm glad you said that because I want to talk about. I want you to talk about. Burnout mm-hmm. because, as we have all heard, um, there's that old 80 20 principle mm-hmm. 20% of the church does 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. 80% of the church does 20% of the work. Right. So, there are a lot of wonderful people that I have personally met, and I know, I know that they are embedded in every church across the city. Wonderful people. They're servants to the core. They will work. They will be mm-hmm. the first ones there. They will be the last ones out. They're leading by example. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of that 20% doing 80% of the work, there are many times where we as Christians, we face burnout. Right. As pastors, we face mm-hmm. burnout. Uh, but just as, as regular, just, just servants in the church, we face burnout. How, what words of encouragement do you have for someone that is saying, Pastor Smith, man, I have been in my church for X amount of years. I do everything, man. Mm-hmm. I wear multiple hats, and I'm at the point of burnout. Right. Should they stop serving? What should they do?
2: Well, here's what scripture comes. And this is really for me. Um, It said being a pastor um, and working close to ministry pretty much all of my life uh, as a musician or whatever, um, you have a heart to serve. You have a heart to uh, fill in where you see there's a gap. You know, that's just our nature when we're servants. Um, Here's something that God showed me. Jesus made a statement. He says, I only do what I see my father do. Right. Um, That puts us right back to seeking God. Um, although there may be a lot of things that need to be done, is that what God wants me to do? Mm -hmm. Am I keeping someone else from being used in that position? Um, It's a thin line, but I believe God is a God of balance, and he doesn't intend for us to be burnt out. Um, I think we become burnt out because even in in our best day to be a great servant, we still can be doing more than what God wants us to do. And he says, you know, whatever is right. Mm-hmm. um not <laughs> what we want to do but what if I asked you to do is what you need to be doing right. um i think if we you know set our own our own convictions aside if i can use that um our own personal um feelings aside um uh, emotions or whatever this needs to be done i said lord is this what you want me to do and Only do what he's asked us to do, and then he can then move other folks uh, to where they need to be. A lot of times, because we're so aggressive and want to be servants, we keep other folk from being able to mature into that position because we're handling it all. Yeah. Uh, Which then becomes
1: um, just as bad as not handling it at all. That's true. Very good. Well said, Pastor. You've been listening to Pastor Milton Smith of Empowering Grace Christian Center here in San Antonio. If you'd like to find out more information about them, Uh, You can go on to their website. It's the uh, acronym for the church. Remember, the church name is Empowering Grace Christian Center, so you take that acronym, and it's egccsa.org. Again, you'd like to find out more information about Pastor Smith and the church, log on to their website at egccsa.org. Now, Pastor, you guys meet... At Baptist Temple uh, Church Chapel, right? Yes, correct. And uh, give us the address there.
2: 901 East Drexel is on the
1: corner of Drexel and Givers off I-10. Over on the east side of San Antonio. East side, yes. Take us uh, into your church service. Take us into what does that look like? What type of experience could people have? Give us a little bit of the flavor. Sure. Well,
2: I like to say that we're a contemporary um, ministry, um, praise and worship. Uh, You find a mixture of... um, gospel and CCM if I can use that yep. as well as so we have praise and worship and then we have the word now we always have a little caveat that anytime the Holy Spirit uh, can move as it sees fit mm-hmm. um, we're not um, adverse to just coming on some Sundays and just worship no pre- no ministry no preaching at all yeah. um, some Sundays um, it's just prayer um, it all depends on how God moves we have no agenda we don't we don't have programs uh, we come in Um, As I say, if if God is there, we stay all day. If God is moving, if he's not moving, we come in and we give our devotion and our worship and we go home. Um, So there is no set agenda. There is no um, dress code. There is no um, prerequisites. You show up and you worship God. Uh, You develop your worship. You develop your personal relationship with him. Um, I say that Sundays is your practice day. You mm. practice on Sunday what you're going to do Monday through Saturday.
1: That's fantastic. And what is your personal passion? In ministry, uh, there could be so many different things. There are, are different ministries that are dedicated to certain things within ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Bible says we all, you know, every joint supplies. So uh, what would be a type of passion that's either in your heart or in the culture of your of your ministry itself? Um, for
2: me, it's Reconciliation. Um, Not just back to God, but taking it one step further, reconciliation to your purpose. Mm. Um, Jeremiah says that before I formed you in my mother's womb, I knew you, I ordained you, which to me says that there was a conversation God had with us somewhere in in eternity before we got here, Mm -hmm. that we, when we come into time, have to be reconciled to that thing. Um, My passion is to see people move and advance in God, grow in God, and become just like God intended for us to be. Um, of course, we all have some, I, I'm not going to say minor passions, but that's my greatest passion. My greatest passion is to see someone walk in um, who didn't have the courage to think they could uh, get a new car. They've been mm-hmm. riding a bicycle. And then three or four months later, they have a, a car that they're driving in, not because they couldn't afford it, but because they didn't have enough courage or didn't know God mm. in the way they should to step out on his word. Yeah. Um, that's what excites me uh, to see people grow, empowering people to
1: grow. <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic. Now tell us about your your walk towards ministry. Were you always a? Did you grow up in church? Did you already, Did you always know you were going to be a pastor? Or how did um,
2: that come about? Uh, I've been in church since I can remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and yes, um, it was prophesied over my life around age five that I would I would be a pastor. And, wow. And like so many pastors. Um, A unique thing for me, I've always been around bishops, one, as a musician or even just as a child. For some reason, as I look back over my life, I've been around bishops, men of God, to the point that uh, I was at their homes eating or whatever the case may be, in that you see a lot of things. Um, You see both the good and the bad. You see the glory in the pulpit, but you also see um, the other side of that Mm. um, at home. Yeah. Uh, personal life. So growing up, I said to myself, that's not going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to be me. When you know, here we are now. And, uh, and so that you. was five, yeah, 39 years <laughs> later, 34, yeah. 38 years yeah. later, and it's me. Um, so I've always known that. Um, I, like so many, I ran from it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, God's
1: plans will succeed. That's right. Always. <laughs> Fantastic. So if you were to just kind of lean back for a little bit, close your eyes, look, at, <laughs> look into the future, and what is God sharing with you regarding ministry? What is God sharing with you? Where where are you headed? Where is the ministry headed? What are the things that you would like to further expand your ministry into doing?
2: Well, what what I see for us, um, and, and I'll start here. I believe our ministry is sort of the gatekeeper, the bridge between uh, what we would call the proverbial old school mm. and and contemporary. Um I have an apostolic background. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think I mentioned to you on a previous occasion, apostolic in doctrine but not in tradition, yeah. is a phrase I've come to love. Um and there is a I won't say a falling away, but we've getting we're getting in our attempt to be more contemporary, we're becoming further and further away from that apostolic doctrine, that power that we saw in the early years right. uh from the Jack Coles, the A. Islands or whoever. Um so with that being said, not only do we want to see that power in the church, but also outside of the church. So we have a vision uh, for a women's home. Um, one of the things that's really been a passion for mine is that when battered women, even battered men, come to the ministry, we'll pray for them, um, speak God's blessing. But we send them right back into that environment. Uh, what God put in my heart was, wouldn't it be nice if you come in and you abuse? We don't send you back. We say, hey, we have a place where you can go until you get yourself together, until mm-hmm. social services can um, help you out, accommodate you. That's one of the things we see happening. Also, a job center. Uh, where people can come in, see job postings. We can help them with their resumes, yeah. help them, excuse me, with their interviews, uh, skills. Uh, just just a few of the things that God is sharing with us uh, for youth as well, a place where they can come have fun, be young, uh, outside of condemnation, because we realize that every youth is not saved uh, when they come to church. Mm. Um, so it's going to kind of hard to take that person out and say, now you do this, but we can give you a safe place um, to, to express yourself. At yeah. the same time, um, develop a liking in you for God's word. What a difference that would make. So that's just some of the things I see in in conjunction with the power that we all have so affectionately grown to love over the years. Um, there's a book by Stephen DeNuff that said whatever became a holiness. Mm. Um, and I think it's been replaced uh, with a lot of emotion and a lot of other contemporary things. But I think we still need that same power. Uh, that yeah. the early 1900s and the 18, late 1800s that we saw. <laughs> it's the same God. Same he God. does not change. Right, right,
1: right. There are two things that you mentioned that I want, I want you to uh, talk a little bit more about. One is community, uh, mm-hmm. reaching out into our community, because I think that's very important. I had a pastor once ask me, and, and this, it, it has stayed with me for years. He said, Mark, if your church were to shut down today, if you were to close your doors and lock them forever and walk away, would your community care? Mm-hmm. Would your community even know right. that you were gone? And unfortunately, when I really had to think about that question, I had to swallow hard, and my answer was no. Right. My community doesn't even know that I'm here. Because right. up until that point, we really had done very, very minimal effort to reach out to them. Of mm-hmm. course, since then, uh, it, it, we've reached out a lot more. We're right. doing some huge events now to reach out to the community. But you mentioned about community. The next thing I want, I want you to talk about here in, in the minutes that we have left is the apostolic Mm-hmm. Because that is something that you're right. It's kind of like a, almost like a falling away. It's kind of further and further behind right. behind us. But first, let's talk about community because uh, you have a heart for that. So, mm-hmm. what drives you to to reach out to your community? Because there, I mean, you could just have church for yourself, right? right? You could just have a really good, nice, feel good, Holy Ghost type of <laughs> Sunday morning, and everyone walks out and pats themselves right. on the back and says, "Hey, we did church. Right. We had church." But is it Why is it so important to reach out to community?
2: Well, I believe the church should be the most powerful institution in a community. I think the reason we see so much chaos now is because the church has lost its place. Times passed, everyone came to the church for answers. Right. Uh, that was the first place we went to, from politics, political figures, to whoever. They came to the church. Now the church, if at all uh, is the last resource, mm. the rest uh, recourse. Um, so that's powerful to me. How do we become part of the community? Well, simple things. You know, we've done um, from toys at Christmas, food, um, feeding, um, to washing clothes, uh, providing tokens, things that the community needs to say, hey, the church is here, um, not to give you a handout, but a hand up. Um, So I believe once the church reestablishes itself back in the community as being the first choice. The first option, then the community starts to grow. Um, There is by no accident that in every city there's more than one church on a city block.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Um, The question is, is, are those churches doing anything? I believe in times past they were. That's why they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't there because it was a great piece of land. Yes. <laughs> it was yeah. there because it was a center for folks to come to and draw that strength and
1: then disperse that out into the community. It was a mission where, right. where people could go to and receive services and right. help and care. And right. that's, fantastic. that's just like Jesus Christ. Right. In our closing couple of minutes, I want you to talk, and I know that this this subject of the <laughs> apostolic could take us an hour or day, <laughs> the whole day, to talk about. But it, unfortunately, we're, we're running out of time, but I do want you to share a little bit more about the apostolic. If someone heard you said that a little a while ago, mm-hmm. and they're like, they're scratching their heads saying, What is that?
2: <laughs> well, uh, the apostolic is simply this right here um, the teachers that God gave to the apostles. Um, starting from Acts on. Um, and yes, you know, Acts is is prolific in all the things the early church did. Two things really important that stand out. One, the early church prayed. Um, to be apostolic, you have to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, more than just when you're in trouble. <laughs> right. More than just in bad times, pray in good times and pray with a purpose. Um, their purpose at one point was to increase their faith. Next purpose was to draw members to the faith. Um for healings, for whatever the case may be, for prophetic direction, prophetic understanding. Uh, They prayed for everything. Uh, They got a word from God, and then they moved out with that strategy that God gave them. So that's number one. Number two, uh, baptizing. Uh, was one of the things the early apostolic church did. They baptized. Yeah. Um, they baptized in Jesus' name, and, and they believed in the receiving of the Holy Ghost uh, with evidence of speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Those are two key things if you say you're apostolic church, not apostolic in tradition, apostolic yeah. in doctrine. At the same time, you then have to establish um, a presbytery. I call it apostolic a government where you have prophets, evangelists, the fivefold as we call it, uh, for the edifying of the body. Not for titles, not so folks can bow at your feet, but to get direction as to what is God saying at this point? What does God want us to do? I always find it interesting that we have all these apostolic leaders, but it seems like God is saying a bunch of different things to everybody. Mm, (laughs) Um, Never do we have any kind of commonality Mm. of what God is saying. So I believe with the apostolic uh, comes those two major things right there. The rest of it, I believe, becomes what we've added to that uh, from our tradition, but definitely a house of prayer. A house of power where you see miracle signs and wonders, um, people being healed, cancers being eradicated, um, lame people walking, dumb people talking, deaf people hearing, um, folks' lives being changed, um, not just for a moment or for a brief span of two hours, but forever. um, A conviction being placed in their life. I believe that's what an apostolic house is. Um, and, And if that be true, then we have no competition. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. That's right. Well, Pastor, I appreciate you being here. Uh, I want to uh, make sure that our our audience knows that you have a revival coming up September seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. Uh, you want to tell us briefly of what that's going to be about?
2: Yes, that's uh, we we just came out of revival here in, in in August, so we're having our second one here in October. It's called the Power of the Kingdom Shifts. Um, pa- Apostle Ira Carter will be there. Pastor Marcus McIntyre, my wife, Pastor Deborah, they will be the speakers on that on that week. And pretty much what we're saying is that when you encounter the power of the kingdom, it's going to shift something in your life. Uh, once again, apostolic house, there should be a shift in the atmosphere uh, once you are imparted into in that atmosphere. So that's what we're expecting God to do to shift someone's life. The dates? Uh, September 17th, 18th, and 19th, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, starting at 7 p.m. And you're starting a brand new series as well. New series in September, Overcoming Rejection, um, dealing with some of the issues that are in our past.
1: We can be functional and still be dealing with uh, rejection. Amen. Well, uh, you've been hearing uh, Pastor Milton Smith. He is the uh, pastor over at Empowering Grace Christian Center here in the east side of San Antonio. The exact address is 901 East Drexel Avenue. If you'd like to find out more information about that, you can do so by logging on to your internet. Uh, that's Their website is uh, egccsa.org. Again, the website address is egccsa.org. Pastor, it's been a pleasure to have you uh, have you here in the well, studios. Sir. Thank you so much. We've learned so much about you. Thank you. And for all of you <laughs> listeners that are out there, we encourage you to go out there, meet Pastor Milton, uh, Milton Smith in, in person, shake his hand, let him know you heard him here on AM630 KSLR. <laughs> God bless you, my brother. bless you, sir. God bless you all that are listening here on AM 630 KSLR.
0: Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.